Hey, 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 we're back here today. Thanks for Thursdays with my dear friend, Lane, <clears throat> Mr. Bartlett. How are you? Doing well today. How about yourself? I see you've made it back from Southern California. Um, is Washington as hot as Oregon right now? Uh, today, the heat broke. It was 115. Whoa, that'll yeah. give the mindset mastermind its big boost. Well, we're going to cool it down here because we have a super cool guest. Miriam Hinane. Uh, she is a filmmaker, an investigative reporter, and the owner of Honey Colony. I don't know if you've seen Honey Colony, co Colony but uh, just uh, an incredible insight to wellness and health. Um, it has extreme wisdom about our vanishing bees and other things as well. Well, Miriam, welcome to Office Hours. Hi, David, and hi, is it Blaine? Yes, it is. Good Hello. to see you. We start off on a good. <laughs> well, give me a little bit of uh, background on, you know, Honey Colony and just your experience uh, with creating that great community to help with uh, the awareness of what and how we create great health and wellness for ourselves. Absolutely. After directing and producing the documentary film "Vanishing of the Bees," that's now narrated by Elliot Page. I uh, set off to, as an entrepreneur, to create a company that empowers people to be their own best health advocate, not knowing that um, my company would be attacked repeatedly by the likes of FDA, FTC, DOJ, Google, Facebook, and on and on to really, we were in the future, really empower people, like I said, to be their own best health advocate in a world where one in every two people has a chronic illness. So after making Vanishing of the Bees, I was ironically at an environmental film festival in the Dominican Republic, and I got sprayed by chemicals and then was diagnosed with lupus and fibromyalgia, which I reversed. And I had already in... Um, at the age of 29, been hit by an SUV and dragged 50 feet and put a 13-inch um, metal rod in my leg, which I also removed. And um, never, like I said, expected. I thought that these social media sites were there to encourage connectivity and sharing, and never in my wildest dreams would I have uh, anticipated what was down the pipeline for me, although I did blow the whistle on Bayer. And um, that's when I first received my, my first uh, death threat. I was told to watch my tires. And then when we were initially offering other people's products, and then we started creating and branding our own, and that included adding CBD in 2016, I am proud to say that I'm a visionary. I am in the future. And um, then we found out that um, the FDA approved crap CBD, synthetic CBD is uh, made by GW Pharma and they are partnered with Bayer Crop Science. So I joke and say, what are the chances of sharing bees and bud in common with Bayer? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Oh my God! I, it's like so much more than I thought when you were nicknamed. Yes. <laughs> when you were nicknamed the most censored woman, I'm like, okay, so what's there to censor here? They're censoring the wrong people. Um, in I understand uh, the threats, but there seems to have been, you know, actual 
uh, crimes almost committed against you. Um, most people don't know what that's like. And they might sit here and say, oh, come on, you know, the big pharma can't have this much control or power uh, over what we say and do. And a lot of people feel that way. Um, I would love for you to explain how real that that is yeah. and how how that operates. Like, you know, you know, is it certain people or is it groups of people or is it the big companies themselves just censoring you and taking you off of social media? How, how did, does it all work? Well, I think it's tailored to different people, but digital assassination is alive and kicking. And when I was standing up for Roseanne Barr and they say, you're a Roseanne Barr fan. I'm like, that's not the point. I'm a freedom of speech fan. You know, Roseanne today, you tomorrow. And here we are. So my first, I got my first strike over a CBD video on YouTube. That was like 2018. I was banned by PayPal in 2017 and uh, it started by getting shut down by all the merchant processors cbd is a miraculous plant and on one hand it was placed on schedule one but then the government also patented knowing it has neuroprotective and antioxidant properties and by the way i'm also a functional medicine consultant and coach i'm a real investigative journalist and an entrepreneur so i started covering CBD, the politics of CBD in a techno-fascist world and popularized the term techno-fascism. And then we were getting honeycolony.com, 500,000 unique visitors. That's because of our articles that took in mind SEO, that placated Google's requirements and guidelines. And then there were many algorithmic changes. And one of them was came to be called the medic update. So we were scratching our heads thinking, why are we get, not getting the eyeballs? What are we doing wrong? And then found out that under the medic update, any website that is can be classified as your money, your life, basically any site that's empowering you in some way is going to be hit. And certainly we've seen under the Rona regime, this attack on natural medicine. So it started, uh, sorry, I'm hearing a feedback. I don't know if it's me. Hello, hello. Yeah, we can hear you fine, Matt. Is it? You're doing fine. So it started with the merchant processors shutting us down and losing. So to put things in perspective as an entrepreneur from 2015 to 2016, we went from $200,000 in sales to a million. And we were finally gonna be in the green and uh, realize our dreams. My plan was to exit. I never set out as a journalist to run a business and I was supposed to be running the editorial. But then after, I was also told to get out of operations and I think we live in a mediocre age and I'm not into half-assed shit, excuse my language. And I saw that my COO and my CFO were not doing things properly. In any case, they put me because we lost so much money that we were forced to take out loans and they put me as a holding the bag to these personal loans, which were predatorial. In fact, it was, uh, I don't know if it was business Newsweek or someone did a, a uh, total um, investigation into these predatory loan companies. So lost gobs of money and then lost traffic 
And uh, then for us, for, for instance, at one point, Facebook just took four years of our ad campaign, all of our metrics, everything we were using to understand our demograph- uh, the, the demographics we were serving. And uh, then Google just banned us. So on and on. I'm banned from Instacart, Airbnb, PayPal, Kiva, GoFundMe. Amazon banned me for a while, took out, took all my books as a bookworm, and I got that back. But now it's it's commonplace. The day of the deadly insurrection, which I covered and I showed my footage to Rudy Giuliani, ended up uh, losing thousands of followers. We were forced to move all of our CBD to simplytransformative.com. And through persistence, I got us a cannabis um, safe bank. And I, I got us into Square's beta CBD program. And the day of the deadly insurrection, lost thousands of followers on Twitter. I've definitely shadow banned there and then lost Square. And then I found out that Square up until a month or two ago was... was uh, CEO was Jack Dorsey. So it's, and then I'll just mention this. There's the beginning of the Rona. I started talking about the coronavirus in January. I knew what was coming because medical freedom and vaccines is something that I cover and have covered. And so I left to the jungle. I thought it was going to be Ebola. Many of us thought it was going to be Ebola and not the coronavirus, but then also got censored because of, of of that, anything that challenges the mainstream narrative. Oh, so, yes, yeah, so I was just going to say under the Rona regime, the FDA, FTC, DOJ launched Operation Quack Hack. That's their actual name of the operation where they go after people like Alex Jones, myself, Dustin Nemos, um, anyone that's selling health products, silver, vitamin C, and even daring to say prevention, that that is no longer allowed. And they want to make you forget that you even have an immune system. And if I could stand here and say, I'm 48, I've gotten hit by a car, I've dragged dragged 50 feet, I've reversed an autoimmune condition, I've also dealt with mold toxicity, and I can be in good health, then so can you. So that's yeah, an amazing story, Miriam. Um, all of these entities, <clears throat> what do they have in common such that they blanketly have banned you? What What's the common denominator? Well, would I would argue Google is a drug company and the, the medical mafia is running the show. So, for instance, if you look at GoFundMe, they have ties that I found to, to big pharma. Google is uh, invested in the decade of vaccines. Zuckerberg certainly is uh, towing the, you know, let's all get jabbed party line. So I, I think they're all tied to big pharma. Mm-hmm. What do you think? What oh, I think <laughs> big pharma reaches a lot of places. One of the things that I'm interested in, um, just out of naivete, is what is your um, feeling on getting jabbed, as you say, on the vaccine? You, you what, what, what is it dangerous? Is that your position? The vaccine itself is dangerous, or we don't need the vaccine? Well, 
2019, if you look at my pinned tweet, it's, um, it's a spoof on what I call vaccine mania and vitriol disorder. And it's a counterpunch to supposed vaccine hesitancy. This is less fatal than the flu. You have an immune system. If you're one in every two people that is a fatso, is unhealthy, like do not be chugging your beer full of glyphosate and uh, grains behind your face diaper. That's ridiculous. So if you're going to get the vaccine, like I just found out my mom got the, the jab because of bullying and peer pressure, then you are succumbing to fear. You've forgotten that you have an immune system. You have not looked at the stats. Because yeah, it's, so, like, it's so funny that you say that because like, I don't get sick. I, I don't. Neither I do have I. an incredible immune system. And I initially, my reaction, and I spoke to doctors, it was like, I'm not getting vaccinated. Right? There's no, I don't get sick. I'm not getting vaccinated. And then I thought of another, you know, speaking to a doctor, it's like, all right, well, you have such a powerful immune system. Why wouldn't you get vaccinated? Because anything the vaccine would do to you, your immune system will kill as well. You, right? If, if the vaccine itself is not the problem, right? I, I, if you I have, a, if I, you I have a powerful immune system, I, I, I actually, I was jogging this after the second shot and I looked down and I set a personal record in three and a half miles and I was like, shit, I should go take a third shot because this stuff's pumping me up. Like, I, I think we're giving people wrong information. If you believe in immune system, then put whatever the hell, like Wim Hof, put whatever the hell you want in your system and beat the shit out of it with your immune system to strengthen it more, right? I don't think not with a experimental mRNA when you know that it takes 8 to 15 years to develop a vaccine and then it still has issues and your you survived a pole in your leg you survived you know all these diseases how could you not i don't need a vaccine then i know but you can beat the vaccine vaccine. no no, i'm just i know anything anything that no no i'm not agitated towards you anything that is forced (laughs) i don't i'm not down with that if yeah, you want either. to go make yourself is a it, pin cushion, but is the vaccine forced? Because I, I think forty percent being forced on anybody. Forty percent of the country I doesn't need the vaccine. I, I'm just, I'm not agitated by you at all. And I just, yeah, yeah. this is a great conversation because people don't yeah. have it. This is a great conversation because people are afraid to have it, and I'm not, I'm not afraid to have it because I want everyone to have their own choice to do what they want to do. And if your mom felt bullied, you, you know that that's a problem. You know, I'd like to know. Who's bullying people into getting vaccinated? Oh, tons of people are being bullied. It's peer pressure. How has the whole world, pharmacia means sorcery. Yeah, but, wait, but here's the problem. Is it peer pressure or care pressure? Right. I got like this overbearing uncle, Eli, who's a physician who created Claritin. And like, literally, I was on the phone with him and he's telling me how safe all these drugs are. And because he's done these researches and I, I'm like, feeling at first this is kind of peer pressure and then i realized no he really believes his rhetoric he cares about me and so it's care pressure but in the end i'm 53 years old and i'm gonna do what the hell i want and i came to a logical decision that my immune system's stronger than the vaccine but i would rather just like taking the position i believe in past lives because the choice is better for me i you know if this was only it or i can't prove the difference it seemed like the vaccine's a better choice than not taking it for me. Is that fair? 
Sure. I mean, I would venture, I, I believe in medical freedom. Um, to me, it's like, oh, you, you know what, what's in the vaccine? I call it um, whatever the F is in this shot. Sure, I'll have that. Do you know what's in it? No, but yet you're pushing it on other people, not you. But yeah, there like, certainly are people sure, like, like I have to have a surgery and you're going to have to have a mandatory nasal swab. Uh, no, I'm not. I, I, oh, because it's only the coronavirus, no other viruses. We have a virome, yo. Like, why have people forgotten this? So, are not these everyone. fear? Not, not everyone. Not they everyone. are, the people are full of fear. Anyway, I, we have to talk about this further. I would love yeah. to discuss this. I love this conversation. And you, your opinion is very, very valued here. And we appreciate you so much for coming on too and elevating the awareness because, and most people are afraid to have the conversation. I, like I said, I'm not, and I'd love to have it further, but we're gonna have Liz come Same. on next. Uh, please reach back out, Miriam. I wanna have more uh, to talk about on this and thank you. Sure. For yeah. yeah. Sorry. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for having me. You got Bye. it. You bet. All right, right on. Right on. Look, we don't get, we don't, everything's always rosies on here. You know, I'm uh, oh, yeah. glad to have, oh, I'm glad to have a real conversation with a real person. So we want to jump uh, into stuff. I love this. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and this is a conversation that's, uh, you don't move forward unless you have conversation. And yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I, you know, everyone's tippy toeing around this stuff, and I'm, everyone is allowed yeah. to have their own opinion. Uh, and I certainly appreciate Miriam's opinion. More importantly, our next guest, I certainly appreciate her opinion. Uh, oh, yeah. Family to you and I. Uh, she is beautiful inside and out. Look at her just glowing here. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. Hi, Liz. So good to see you both bookended, radical bookended by two of my favorite people in the world. So good happy to see birthday. you. Today. <laughs> happy birthday. Well, yeah, happy birthday. Yeah, Liz, I was with Liz, you on your birthday. It was a wonderful one. Oh, it was. Thank you for sharing. Like you uh, both do so much. And now you have a big rain really? check to take, David. I have a special a special guest who wants to say hi. Hi, happy birthday. Hi. Thank you. Special office hours edition. Um, special guests everywhere. Uh, but Liz, I wanted to talk to you. You're an extraordinary entrepreneur besides being a terrific friend and family member, co-founder of Radical Skin Care. But Radical's more than just a skincare line. It's really a movement, as I've learned over all these years. And the more that I look into what you're doing, the bigger the impact that it's having on so many lives, including, by the way, as you know, my three daughters, uh, Liz and <laughs> yeah, Cynthia, are their le legends. <laughs> they're, they're knitting her a cape for her birthday so she can fly <laughs> here uh, and see them. Uh, so, <laughs> um, Give us a little bit of history, though, on Radical, because, you know, it, it is not an overnight success. No, no, it's everything. It was a journey. Well, as you all know, you know, our background, my sister and my background was steeped in science because our father was a world-renowned reconstructive surgeon and burn specialist. And so we had grown up in skin and understood the industry, but it wasn't until it became personal where Rachel developed rosacea and I just realized that I'm one of the strongest anti-aging that I could see the results in the mirror and like yesterday, just like all of all of you and your wife and your kids, uh, I wanted something that worked and worked now. So we decided to harness our dad's brilliance 
as well as some of the top chemists in the world. And we created our own proprietary skincare and we never intended to sell it, but it started to transform our skin so much that we said, you know what, we have to share what we have with the world. And we did. And so 17 countries later, 900 stores. And after talking to thousands of people around the world, um, we got surprised, the surprise of our life. They weren't just looking to change their skin. They were looking to feel beautiful from the inside because we know how you're feeling on the inside is felt by the world. And so what they were looking to us for is to re help them reignite their passion and their purpose and believe again in their dreams. And then as the perfect storm would occur, the pandemic hit. And as we know, retail was like a thing that <laughs> was shut down and closed off. And people were sitting at home, reassessing their lives and looking to reinvent themselves. And we said, oh, my gosh, we can get radical and be the answer and be part of the solution to where we are today. And so we bought our company back and our skincare off the retail shelves and decided we could share the profit, the millions of dollars of research, the awards, the, the clinicals with other entrepreneurs such as ourselves so that they could have a turnkey platform to hook into, plug and play, and actually not just have skincare, but incorporate self-care and have the financial liftoff or freedom to follow their passion and their dreams where they are, wherever they are. And that was like, okay, this is radical. If we could do this and light so many people up and give them the tools and the opportunity. Now, then we've created a movement that matters. We've moved them in the direction of their passion and their purpose, health and wealth. And, and that is our next chapter in this whole new chapter that we're playing together where we can really be a part of something that's bigger than just our little story in our little journey. You know, I remember, oh, this goes back probably about eight years, nine years or so ago, I sat down with your management team. Uh, we were in Santa Monica and, you know, and, and we, and we, yeah, I was you know, a consultant to your group there uh, for yes. a brief period of time. And, and I mentioned that as kind of a benchmark. Uh, and as we fast forward eight years or so today, mm -hmm. um, something you just said, how you feel inside is how the world feels you. Yes. Now, that, you know, there's something about that. And where I want to go to that is you know, two things. One, persistence, which is one of David's favorite words. Yes. Because, yeah, oh. <laughs> I mean, it is not an easy grind in the cosmetics industry in particular. No. It is just vicious. And you have right. continued to just keep moving. And the way that I define success, uh, sustainable success, is developing the capacity to continuously start over. And that's this new chapter that you're in right now. Yeah, right. And what I love about it is that it's an up-leveling and it's more, far more inclusive than what it was eight years ago. Far more inclusive and it's a much bigger game. It is. So, I, I, number one, I want to applaud that. But yeah, and, and, and number two, if you could talk just a little bit about that migration, that journey of persistence and continuously learning how to start over, how has that been for you? 
And I, I, I think I know the answer because I know you pretty well. But I'd love to have your, your take on it. I'm almost an expert. <laughs> you know? I'm newly divorced, so I get to start again and reinvent myself. You know, this is like one of the first times I've said that publicly because of like, oh my God, and all this identity gets tied up in something. And so, you know, for people out there, they're just sitting there and they're in the reinvention and they were an employee or they were part of a company or they were on a certain career path or they said, okay, this is what my talent is. This is where I go. There is always more. Whatever you are seeking is seeking you. And being skin deep was never enough for us. We mm -hmm. always wanted more. That's why we wrote our book, Get Radical, Secrets to Creating a Life You Love. That's why we didn't just have skincare products, but we had self-care rituals incorporated because we knew we could give you the best and the best of skincare. But if you were going in the directions of your dreams, if you wanted to get radical, you would have to have access to people like you, David, and you, Blaine, who you know have been mentors of mine, Bob Proctor and others, you would have to have radical access to those ingredients, that kind of coaching, of persistence, of goal setting, of visualization, of gratitude. And the more we could use our daily uh, skincare routine to mirror a daily self-care routine. And so that's what we did. And we said, yeah, we're on target. We're on target. But it's like, you know what? But we don't have a solution because if someone's there and saying, okay, great, I'm visualizing or yes, I've got my dreams, but, and I went to these seminars or I got coached, but I don't have a vehicle to actually take me there. Cause you know what? We know money matters. It matters. And if I could say, geez, we have created all of this opportunity, all of this wealth, have all these assets. What if I was just to hand it to others so that could take them on their journey? And I could also give them the ingredients that you all gave me to become who I am today. If it wasn't for you, like going to Africa with you, David and Blaine and Cynthia Kersey with Unstoppable, with being taught that it's in giving that we really receive, being taught that it's in expressing ourselves and our vulnerability, which David's a, a you know professional at, where it's thinking outside of the box, like you do, Blaine. You know, all of those things are what radical is to us. And now the opportunity to take it finally down the lane where it isn't us taking it. It's us inspiring others to follow their dreams and us just giving the tools. So that's that's the real honor on this journey. One of the other things that's so important that people don't look at, especially for women, um, is that there has always been a barrier, right? right. There's a socioeconomic barrier. Uh, there's uh, also other separations that create barriers. Even today, you know, I tried to inspire my own daughters uh, to overcome these barriers or break through barriers by using milestone women like you and Cynthia Kersey and Sharon Lecter and Mary Morrissey and other women mentors of mine. Um, but in the end, there's a money barrier to starting a business. And yeah. it's one thing to sell radical 
beauty behind the desk at Barney's as women have done for decades. My grandmother was a, co a cos uh, what do they call them? Cosmetology uh, salesperson at uh, Bergman door, door, whatever the name yeah. of that place was. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even remember the name of the retailers anymore. Yeah. That is called uh, But <laughs> what, you know, as an entrepreneur, I am so excited when entrepreneurs like you open up an opportunity with no barriers. Yeah. All you need to have is consistent, persistent behavior, what I call grit and grind, uh, you know, that big desire that you must be what you can be. And I tell young entrepreneurs, men and women, hey, if you come from nothing, companies like Radical are the place to be because they've already paid the dummy tax. No offense, Liz, yes. but, you know, you and I both paid it. Uh, and, you know, we've we paid for the barriers to be dropped so that yeah. everyone that has a desire that believes in what you're doing can be part of the movement and they can enhance people's lives inside and out. Um, can you just explain to people how easy it is to own your own and start your own radical beauty business? It's as easy as going to radicalskincare.com and saying, you know, look at being a brand partner. It's really that easy because a lot of people, you know, going back to what you talked about is persistence, right? It's one thing to, to actually dive deep into persistence. But persistence is only going to take you where you want to go once you've made a decision, right? So it's making decision to be part of your solution, making a decision to be the star in your show and knowing that you don't need to know how to do it. You just need to know that you're going to do it. And that's why I'm so proud to have you as friends and mentors and coaches within our radical organization such that when people plug and play, we're not just saying, okay, here's some skincare, good luck, have some fun. We're saying, you know what, whatever you're doing out there, it is our pleasure to hand you the keys of all of this information and all of this empowerment that has taken us where we are today. But it's about a decision. So even sitting at home and saying, oh, you know, I haven't really made a decision about if I'm gonna do this or I'm gonna do that. In fact, don't kid yourself, you've made a decision. Today, you've decided to do nothing about where you are, whether it's where you are with a relationship, where you are with your fitness, where you, where you are with pursuing a new career. And what stops us is many times the fear of not knowing how to get there. So it's that making a decision, trusting that you are on the journey to what is going to support you and that the universe and expecting, you know, part of desire is the motor that gets you there. But expecting that good is coming to you is the clincher, right? That's that little nuance. Yep. So there's so many opportunities for people to embrace the fear and do it anyway to actually dive deeper and allow their brightness to shine, uh, to know that whatever your goal is, make sure it scares you and excites you at the same time. And understand that our our mind doesn't work in words, it works in images. So to carry on that image, when I say cat, we're not sitting there thinking C-A-T, we're thinking of the image of a cat we know, or a dog we know, or a garden we love, right? And so to hold that image of what's possible in your mind and then step into saying the radical yes, because we never know 
where it's going to take us. And if we are a rocket ship and that ship is going straight up and if every single yes is one degree change, if every yes is a one degree change, then we're going to end up over here following our dreams because we say yes, because we take risks. Even if we stumble, fall, have accidents, you know, reinvent ourselves, have to start again, we're never starting from scratch. We get to start from the new point of our new radical lens with new knowledge and um, and understanding. So that's the that's really the gift. Yeah, that's Maybe. that's a mastermind. Uh, it's a mastermind on how you adjust and, and take care of your mindset in the process, and and that's. That's the secret to your success. I know that. And I know that because I know how you've done that. So. It's a lot of keep studying and studying, learn more, be more, read more, and overcome whatever that negative talk track is, overcome, overcome what the news is, what the facts are. They don't matter. What matters is where you're going and surrounding yourself with people that want that for you, people that you want to be like and hooking into community like yours, Blaine and yours, David, and our radical community, because it's that uplifting mentorship and sharing of ideals and ideas that matter and products that actually can monetize that and take us in the direction of our dream. That's where the magic lies. And, it, and many times it's in the don't know that we don't even know yet. And so we don't know where we're going, but it's going to be good when we embrace these different principles. And it makes you look beautiful on top of it, Blaine. So uh, yeah. it works for men and women. Well, Liz, yeah. thank, thank you so much. Come join us again. You know, I have so many more shows to put you on. And uh, you are a blessing uh, in every aspect of our lives. Please yeah. enjoy your special day. Go to RadicalSkinCare.com. Join the movement. You can't ask for a better intelligent follower. I mean, leader, uh, Liz. Thank you so much and for follower. Follower, <laughs> yes, follower. You got it. I love thank you guys. Thanks, love you. See you yeah. soon. Love you. All right, that was uh, awesome. That was a pick me. That was a pick me up. We turned the corner fast. <laughs> that was good. Well, I, th this is uh, our next guest. Is someone who I also adore. She's amazing. You're gonna love her. Lindsay, Lindsay. Hepner. <laughs> oh, look at that energy. Wow. You just. <laughs> she, is, she has vamped and revamped her life uh, and uh, in an important market. Uh, we've been blessed to speak uh, before as well. Welcome to Office Hours now. Lindsay, Yay. how are you? Good. How are you? Thank you. I, I feel so honored to be uh, talking to you again, David, so quickly. So yeah. I saw you on there. I said, this is so cool. I guess they know how much I adore her and wanted her back on. Um, but we, you know, let's start with your podcast because you're really pulling back, back the curtain uh, with revamped and, you know, getting to uh, how to create without the BS behind the nuances of social media. What has inspired you to do the podcast uh, in the way that you have with revamped? I think, um, you know, personally, it was a way for me to give back uh, to all the people that have really supported me throughout the years of, you know, working on Vance. Um, I see the people in this, you know, social media space as 
differently than maybe people that see the outside marketing, you know, storefront. And so this was me giving them an opportunity to shine and, and really dive deep into who they are and how they, you know, spend their time at home and, 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 and the real person that they are that maybe sometimes they don't get to show on Instagram because it's not part of their branding. So I felt the need to really build out that side of knowledge. Um, and also too, it's been very therapeutic for myself, you know, learning so much about people that I, I see every day and I don't really get to know their traumas. I don't really get to know their secrets and really what they're going through day to day. So I kind of just wanted to highlight them on this this platform, even especially during the time of COVID, and um, making sure that people knew knew their hearts and that they're not just an advertisement; they're they're human beings. So. Don't, don't you think they're just dying to tell? Like I've listened to your podcast, you know, and it seems like they're just dying to tell you because they feel so trapped in this influencer role of perfection, uh, you know, of brand and product promotion. And I, I remember, you know, being a sports agent, obviously, with some of the biggest names in sports and, you know, to get them to open up. This is pre-podcast days, but they were just dying not to have a surface conversation or, you know, the smile that they needed. They were just dying to open up and tell you about trauma that they had as children or the, you know, illuminating lessons that they've learned. And in some respects, I think people who already have brands or have already built careers uh, use social media, at least I know I have, as an outlet for the authentic David Meltzer, right? They, I built up enough credibility over the years of putting on the facade of the corporate Dave that I can be vulnerable and talk about things I never dreamed, including losing all my money. Um, yeah. Do you find that the young people especially are just dying to tell the truth? I, I think, you know, Instagram, uh, I, I say Instagram because we work heavily on there, but what I've noticed throughout the platform is in the beginning, it was very much highlighting your perfect day, your perfect everything. And then people kind of got over that. They're like, okay, you, there's no way you can have every day be that perfect, you know? And there's so many apps. Except, except for my wife, because she's married to me. <laughs> but it it was it was to a point where I was like, there has to be a pendulum swing in this. There has to be where there's a point where people are just going to break and they're not going to feel themselves anymore because they're sick and tired of being fake. And so I knew that at some point the the social media platform was going to change where vulnerability was going to take course and people were going to reach out and speak their truth and, and people were going to identify with that more than ever. And I think that influence is way more important than the influence that we're trying to look up to these perfection of perfectionists, which is, you know, a lot of times, you know, famous people, I mean, they're having to keep this persona at all times. And I think that's why influential people on this platform actually sell more because you get to know the real them. You get to see their deep trauma. You get to see that they don't have perfect skin, that, you know, they have a broken, you know, home and, and the products that they use may not be the best, but that's what they use. And so these are the things and tools that are creating such a different dynamic in this world of marketing. And 
you know, from day one, I was so excited to be a part of that because of the fact that I always want to be authentic in any type of um, any type of marketing that I do. I, I'm not a bullshitter. I I own I own my shit. So um, I kind of just try to create that and synergy with my talent, with my brands that I work with everyone that I'm around, um, which David, that's why I'm, I'm very impressed by you because uh, there's so much that energy is everything in your business, in your health. I mean, I had Lyme disease and, and I really truly believe I had Lyme disease because of the fact that I let so many negative energies into my life and it depleted my immune system and let those kind of things come in and grab a hold of me. So um, I just, you know, I, I feel like this platform, social media is, you know, a blessing and a curse. It's, it's a blessing that I can do a business off of it and create relationships and connect with people better than I could ever do traditionally. But also at the same time, I, it breaks my heart when I see people that use this platform as a negative uh way to bully and a way to reach out to people to hurt them and not think that because they have a million followers doesn't mean they're not human. And um, so I'm always trying in every way I can to be kind of sometimes a black sheep in the agency world and um, do what's right, right first um, before, uh, you know, money, fame and fortune. That's, that's not my thing. Uh, I'm, I'm very much about people. And so, yeah. I hope that answers the question. You did. Excellent. A plus. Yeah. A plus. Absolutely. And, and I'm struck by the authenticity that you encourage and that you actually yeah, exhibit. Yeah, that authenticity. And David's heard me say this a number of times. You know, we connect through vulnerability, and I think we disconnect through certainty. And in my experience, so many present you know, this facade of certainty about perfection. Authenticity is what I'm left with when I stop trying to uh, – uh, uh, influence you. It's what I'm, it's just what I'm left with. Okay. Here yeah. it is. Open <laughs> the kimono and this is it. Now I'll, I'll yeah, be appropriate with it, but yeah, you're going to hear about the money I've lost. You're going to hear about you know, my divorce. You're going to hear, yeah, that's just part and parcel of the conversation of who I am as part of the story. And mm -hmm. I love how you, Lindsay, are, are yeah, and with, with your agency vamp, how you actually enable that process to take life so that people can actually say, me too. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, at the end of the day, you know, what, what do we have, you know, I, I almost lost my life in 2014, and the one big takeaway from that was seeing how many people came to my bedside. Think about how many people would not come to my bedside if I was a shitty person. And I think that spoke volumes more than anything, that at the end of the day, people are not gonna, talk at your funeral about how much money you made. They're going to talk about how much you impacted their life and how much you helped them become a better person. And that is what I live for. I live for those moments to make sure that I made an impression on someone and make sure that I affected their life in the right way and that my business was the exact same way. Yeah. And Lindsay, you know, last question, you know, obviously you're a little bit younger than Blaine and I, and you connect 
probably at a different level uh, to the younger influencers that are out there. And one of my missions is try to communicate that message uh, that you can't leave, you know, any take anything with you when you're gone. Don't be the richest man in the cemetery. All the things that I teach and preach and talk about. And I have my jacket over there with no pockets to remind me of why I'm here and what I'm supposed to do. But what have you seen to be the most effective way to communicate that to younger people? You know, because it is difficult to understand when you're 17 to 27 uh, that, you know, this stuff isn't as important as it seems to be, especially what we see on social media. What's the best way we can communicate the value of, of what you're trying to teach? I, I think we talked about this, David, before. You know, it, it's not only come from here, it's your actions. It's how are you giving actions to the people around you? I don't have to really say much. I, I think I just do. And, and that's the problem is there's a lot of talk that people do, but they don't actually put forth what they're saying. So for me, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm in an industry where alcohol, drugs, you know, sh uh, rat racing, you know, stealing from people, all that stuff is, is very much normalized, you know? And for me, I don't want to do any of that. I I want to be the one the the one percent that isn't isn't that was that isn't my goal. You know that's not my goal in life. I don't want to you know have one eye open at in the middle of the night and worry about those things and it all you know becomes detrimental to my health and and not anyone else's. No one else cares about me except for me. So how I you know project that to other people is one I decide who is in my circle. And who gets to actually see that person, you know, that I represent. And then also anyone that I think is deserving of learning from me is going to know what kind of person I am. And they're going to want to emulate that and 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 want to look up to me for that, you know. So, yeah, you and I talked to you and, you know, the stance that you take on, you know, drugs and alcohol and partying and standing up and not trying to please everybody. Uh, you know, when I was a sports agent, we would require every one of our athletes to give back to the community or we wouldn't represent them. They had to give a percentage to a, a product, uh, to, a, to a charity or a cause they believed in. And it actually ended up being a qualifier. And the longer they were with us, the more they thanked us for that qualifier because it didn't allow the other people that didn't get it to be around us. And so it actually was a sieve of a higher vibration. And I think your firm and your agency and your career has really set itself apart because of the character and the humility that you stand by. And you're not afraid to, you know, it's not that you're quiet about it, right? You know, some people, it's one thing not to do it yourself, but when someone's like, hey, come, no, that's not me, right? I, I don't want to be around it. And it, and. You're like I said, you're a lot younger and wiser than I was. I wish somebody would have taught me or empowered me with that ability to say, no, this is not me instead of, no, I don't want to do this, but I really want to be liked by you. So I'm going to do this. And that led deep into my career and cost me, as you know, tons of money and my health uh, in all types almost cost me my marriage until I realized it's OK just to be me. And those, those people that don't dig me, they're not going to dig me anyway. So I'm going to just tell them who I really am. And I'm going to attract the people like Blaine Bartlett and Lindsay Hepner into my life and Liz and all these tremendous people that I've been blessed to be around. I'm so happy that you came back. I, uh, 
you. You are amazing. You gotta put a sun. You gotta put a sun by your clouds though, because it's not representative. I know. I'm not. I'm not done painting. I, okay. I want to even. I want to do sayings and stuff because it's just like my kind of Zoom call backdrop. Oh, right. I love it. Send me send me a post to, to, when you're done. I'd love to see it. Come visit me. We got other shows for you, as you know. Uh, this is my mentor, Blaine Bartlett. You know me. Thank you so much for joining us. Vamped.com, the incredible Lindsay Hapner. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Love you, Lindsay. Thank you. Nice to meet you, too. Take care. Have a great holiday. Wow. All right, Blaine. Take away for the day, my friend. I'm going to just echo one thing that I uh, you know, referenced back uh, with Liz. Uh, how I feel about, you know, how I'm feeling inside is how the world feels me. Yeah. And you know, energy is everything. Energy is everything. It's either an attractor or it's a uh, uh, repeller. I knew, I knew there was an opposite word there. Um, <laughs> so, and all three of our guests, yeah, I think exhibited this in, 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 in very specific ways. Uh energetically uh yeah and it it, it it informs the conversations that we have about who we are and what we're doing and that's the big takeaway what's the energy that i bring to the conversation because the conversation is the relationship at the end of the day the conversation is the relationship i love so it was it. three beautiful strong women which i love to see and i always will make my daughters watch the, and they're all so different, right? It's not, you can't, yeah. stare, you can't, there's not a stereotype to these three women. They're completely different women doing different things, uh, but they have their energy. My takeaway is a little different and, and it was a subtle thing that I think Liz touched upon as well. Uh, and that's not making a decision is a decision. Yes. And, and I, I, that really hit home you know, as an executive coach, as someone that, you know, talks about people being stuck and not making decisions, I've really never looked at it as not making a decision is actually a decision, a decision I don't think you should make uh, that can be overcome by action, not by logic. Uh, but I really encourage people uh, to make a decision to have and to take action towards uh, the values that you have. Uh, Blaine, you are Absolutely a pleasure. I'm sorry I missed you on this trip. I will see you in 11 days. The filming, days. Of, we are uh, filming. Uh, Office Hours, the TV show, and Blaine will be hosting. And you, uh, you're gonna love who's on your episodes, man. Yeah, we hey, are I'm, I'm, today. Uh, I am so excited. Not, not to, but there's some world thought leaders uh, on your episodes. We're trying to align the wisdom with the wisdom. You, you're gonna be like, wow. Uh, I'm, you, I, I, I'm so excited. I'm, I'm coming in early. I'm staying late. So we're going to, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm staying with you, right? You, you <laughs> anywhere, anytime. You got it, my friend. And I love you. Learn.blainebartlett.com forward slash LMM, the mindset mastermind with Blaine Bartlett, my mentor. People ask me, where'd you learn all this shit? Well, right there. It's easy to see them. That's where I learned it. That's, all right. Thank you. That's who I'm learning from, too. All right. Thank you. I love you. Send my love. Stay cool. It's a lot cooler down here in Southern California, as you know. Got it, buddy. See you in a couple weeks. See you in a couple weeks. Happy 4th of July. All right, everyone. Tomorrow's training day. We got Clubhouse at 6 a.m., training at 11 a.m., both Pacific time. We are talking about healing relationships tomorrow. That's my training, how to heal relationships. You're going to enjoy it, love it, learn it. And most importantly, as always, uh, be kind to your future self and do good deeds. We'll catch you soon. Thanks so much. Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye.